Hi, my name is Queen Sisan, and I am your host for the Moments with the Queen show. Have you ever heard about self-leadership? Would you like to learn about things you can do that would enable the giant in you emerge, like your personality, developing good communication skills, dealing with low self-esteem, having the ability to talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere? Have you ever felt that you could be better than where you currently are? Then stick with me. I will tell you how I transformed from the insecure, incoherent child I was through faith, purpose, capacity building, and mind transformation to the person I am becoming. Remember, transformation is in action. See you soon. Be get transformed by the renewing of your minds. Welcome to Moments with the Queen. Hello there. Welcome, welcome. There is always room for more. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to the Moments with the Queen podcast. Today's edition, we are discussing shining as light as a believer. And we have an amiable guest in the house. If it's your first time listening to the Moments with the Queen podcast, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Queen Sison, and I am the host of the Moments with the Queen podcast. Today, I have a very enigmatic personality who will be joining us shortly. Her name is Orode Meiwa Udwan. Orode Meiwa Udwan. Orode is a charismatic solution-based leader with experience of public sector engagement, grassroots politics, and human capital development solutions. She is a critical and analytical thinker with the ability to think across complex issues and create solutions while communicating ideas effectively. Orode has over 15 years of experience with community development and public service leadership. She is also driven by the need for equity and justice and has made substantial contributions to the increasing participation of women in policy design, politics, and governance. She has vast experience in designing and implementing programs that improve the daily lives of people, particularly in marginalized areas. Her program design experience spans across various sectors and social development goals. She is a former senior special assistant to the Delta State Governor, Ifai Okoa, on small and medium enterprise development. She is also the Zonal Director of the People's Democratic Party, South-South Zone, the Female Youth Wing. She is a member of the Delta State Transition Committee and currently an Honorable Commissioner and member of the Delta State Executive Council. She founded the Pink Pearl Foundation in 2007 to advocate for early detection and treatment of breast and cervical cancer in Nigeria. Orodei, this foundation has carried out over 320 outreaches and programs for women, directly and indirectly impacting over 1.4 million women across Africa. Pink Pearl has received numerous awards and recognition for their work, such as the Future Awards Africa, 2013 Prize for Best Use of Advocacy and Activism, and already sits on the boards of impact and education focused organizations. In 2014, she became the chairman of the Board of Trustees for Dream from the Slum, an NGO focused on improving the well-being of children in slum areas across Nigeria. As chairman of the board, already direct 
As chairman of the board, Orode created Heart to Feed, a program that has fed over 22,000 children and families from 2014 to date. She is also a member of the board for Brainy Luminary School Worry, a slum community free school for underprivileged children. She is also a member of the governing board at the Master Care International School at Sabah. Orode is a multiple award-winning entrepreneur, a mom, a public servant, a politician, health advocate, and author. She is also a Christian and is unashamed to put this at four. So I've actually read a very lengthy biography, right? And um, I think it's really beautiful, everything that Orode stands for. So I'm just going to be sharing, uh, saying a bit about Orode Meiwa Oduara from my own eyes. So um, I came across, I mean, I, I, I know her dad because I'm from Delta State. If you're listening, Delta State is a state in Nigeria, and particularly that's my state of origin. So, you know, there was a time where, I mean, you would always know the governor of your state. Well, I did not exactly know that, okay, this is like, he has a direct daughter and, you know, these are the feats that she's been able to accomplish or this is how she's leaving her own footprints, you know, in the sands of time until you know she she just kept on popping <laughs> she just kept on coming to my face <laughs> you know i'm seeing her already is doing this i saw that she was you know recently uh, done with a particular de degree uh, you know i saw all of the beautiful things that she was doing and i read i read her story you know i read about the fact that she's a mom i saw all of the things that she's been able to like to accomplish some of which i have already read and i was greatly inspired because you know for me it's one thing for you to to say I have greatness on my inside and it's another thing for you to actually show forth this greatness and I mean I approached Dorode and amazingly we're going to be having her as a guest and we're going to be hearing you we're going to be hearing from her directly what it actually took she's a politician and politics is a sector where it almost feels as if Christians are pretty much shy about exploring or standing in. But politics is governance and governance is leadership. I mean, if you do not have skills, you know, in leadership, then you would most likely fail as a politician. And many times it's because a lot of people who have great skills in leadership shy away from politics. That's one of the reasons why we have the state of governance in Africa that we have right now. So when I see people like Ogodemeiwa Oduara, who I um, have come to see, that she has ethics that are strong, principles that are very solid, and values that are really amiable. I mean, you just want to know what is it that makes this person tick, right? So if you're listening and you're non-Christian, you're non I believe that you're still going to get blessed. But you know what I always say? There's something I always say, if you're someone listening and you, you're still at that point whereby I, I don't know what faith to, to, I would just tell you, please try Jesus. Please try Jesus. I am proof and it's not just wash. If you follow the previous podcast, perhaps from the start, you're going to hear personal testimonies of my own encounter with jesus christ all right so please try jesus okay however um I'm, I'm going to stop all of the talking right now because very soon we will be introducing our guest for today already
amazing. Our guest is here. So, joining right about now. Good morning, Ma. Hi, Sisan. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, just quick update. This this device I'm using is barely fourteen percent. Okay. So I don't know how long this is going to be. Fine. Yeah, I don't know how it can take. The other one is refusing to log in. That's why I was trying to log in. Okay. Um, it's refusing to log in. So let's let's get started on some things and see how far we can go. Okay. It's so good to have you to um, connect with you. Okay, so great. I have already done the introduction, so we will just get right onto it since we do not have time. Okay, that's fine. All right, so we are actually looking at shining as light as a believer. And um, prior to your joining in, I already spoke about how, you know, the fact that defeats that you currently have accomplished and are accomplishing is pretty really much really inspiring <clears throat> especially as a christian so the moment of the queen podcast is a podcast on personal leadership and most mm-hmm. times when we talk about leadership people think that mm-hmm. you can talk about leadership and not talk about governance or not talk about politics and a lot mm-hmm. of times when you interact with christians it's beautiful for us to lead in the church we'll probably lead in our organizations but it just feels as if the political sector is made for a special kind of people so what do you mm-hmm. have to say about that what is the revelation that you have that is different um so it's quite interesting um Positive sector is not made for a certain kind of people. I think we've just created that stereotype about politics simply because of how it's been done, right? Or how individuals carry out, um, how they play politics or how they do politics as individuals. So people have created a weird perception about what politics is. But at the end of the day, if we're being honest, politics is actually um, is what leads you to leadership right or governance or administration and leadership is not designed for only a specific set of people leadership is leadership right whether it's politics whether it's you're appointed whether it's whether you're a class prefect in a secondary school whether you are a teacher or you're a doctor or chief medical officer in a hospital leadership is leadership um so i don't agree that politics is designed only for a specific set of people god has called us to be leaders um no matter where we find ourselves um some people are leaders in business private sector some people are leaders in um in their home front 
it's the same as politics god also calls us to be leaders in that sector or in that sphere so it's not a oh you have to be a certain kind of way to be a politician there's no certain kind of way politics should be an a, a sector you get into and do with integrity and honesty and god expects his children to be everywhere right not just a certain sect sect of um not, of not leadership just a certain jurisdiction we're supposed to no not the certain we're supposed to do exactly we're supposed to be everywhere um so i i also feel like we're in a season as well where god is sending um believers into the political sphere simply to change that perception that people have about politics right so the more people who come into that sector who do things uprightly who do things with integrity who do things according to the will of the father um we are then able to change that perception that you know the general public has about politics so i i think it's it's right in the middle of god's heart because whether you like it or not um politics is what selects the leaders of any society right now right some societies have kingship some societies are under military rule but in our society here in nigeria it's a democracy and if god wants his people to be leaders over this society then he desires his people to be in the process that would make them leaders of this society so we can't say oh god wants us to lead a nation and he doesn't want us in politics that doesn't make, that any, doesn't sense. make any sense awesome no because okay exactly okay so yeah, go what 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 can you say about believers who shy away from leadership roles and hinge it upon personality types or mm-hmm. you know whatever issues and you know so so basically for example i would rather be at the back bench i i don't want to be at the forefront i would rather not do that i don't want to put my face out there social media is not really for me you know I, I really don't want to be in anything that has to you know put me at the public um scene and a lot of times believers are sh- shying away from actually showing the talents and the gifts and the virtues that god has given to them you know and giving these excuses what do you have to say about that um so i think that's a personal matter okay for the believer right people have different personality types okay. um some people might actually just shy away from leadership roles simply because they don't want that sort of responsibility or on their shoulders some people might actually be genuinely shy right to take on certain roles so i don't think it's a thing of um believers not wanting to be in leadership positions per se i just think that it's an individual basis thing um depending on who you are as a person you decide or not whether you want to take on certain responsibilities um people look at me now and say oh hey uh you're doing so great blah 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 but there was a time in my journey as well where I couldn't care less about wanting to be a leader or wanting to take on certain responsibilities because I just thought you know what I want to be in my little corner I just want to live my life I just want to raise my children make my money and be quiet right that that's where I was and I was okay with it 
but there are certain people who God has called to certain things and no matter how long you run away or shy away from those that calling you would never be comfortable until you step into where he needs you to be um, but some people just really just want to live a quiet life and personally I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because no matter where you are as a believer whether you are in the forefront or you are not as long as you are um, being muffed into the image of Christ Jesus no matter how small that role is you should be alright I think the most important thing for us as believers is that our lives every day that we wake up we are transformed into the image of Christ Jesus so even if you are a cleaner right even if you are a um, your, your service requires you to serve only one human being as long as in that little way or position that you are in you are transformed into the image of Christ and in turn you are showing the world what it means to be like Christ that's the most important part um, so not everyone can you hear yes, me yes I can totally I can hear you yeah. okay go ahead mm. please finish your thoughts I was like, so not everyone is called to be the basketballs, you know, in front of this classroom, in front of the line. So it's perfectly okay to want to not be in those positions. Where I have a problem is if you know that God has propelled you, right, to take on certain roles and you are running away from it, then that's a problem. Do you get what I mean? Because then there's an agenda. God has an agenda. And if you as his servant refuse to pick up your baton, right, and, you know, run this race on his behalf, um, it's just like me sending my child and my child telling me no. That's disappointing to me as a parent, right? So that's also disappointing to God as our father when he gives us certain assignments and we refuse to do it, then that becomes a problem. Thank you so much. You've really evened out um, with your response to this question. I like how it's like you ironed all the edges. Thank you so much. And yes, you know, the focus of that question was um, especially for people who know that they have a calling on their lives. Like, it's just like those set of people that maybe you have the five talents, but you're still, God has given you, you know, a lot of things that you can do. But then there's still, you know, the deliberation of if I should go out there and if I should not. And this is going to bring me to my next question. Some persons yeah. have great potentials on their inside, but they are in a web of what I term false humility. So I'm going to explain it. It's this whole idea of I would rather not be seen because if I if I show off too much, it might come off like I'm proud. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to. I really do not want to do that. So I would rather not. I would rather not. I would rather not. So it's a lot of I would rather not, even to the detriment of themselves and the purpose and calling that God has called them to. So please, what do you have to say about this? Have you ever experienced it? Do you think it's a thing or do you think it's an issue that is deeper than what I have seen? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, that's an interesting question. Um, I think people do this whole I'd rather not out of maybe fear or anxiety. 
right? Um, I, I, I think that that's, I mean, for, well, again, speaking on my own journey and from personal experience, I would say that the moment where I did the false humility and I'd rather not, I was really honestly afraid. I was afraid of failure, one. Um, I think there was a subtle pride in there as well that would say, hey, if you do this thing and it doesn't go the way it's supposed to go, your your image is on the line now. And then you now turn it to a no, you know, no. I rather not. No, it's pride. You don't want to put yourself out there so that if anything goes wrong, um, you are safe, right? But the truth is, Jesus hasn't called us to be safe in that way. If Christ didn't take the last three years of his life and put himself out there. Um, on the Father's instructions, we won't be enjoying the salvation that we're enjoying today. If Christ has said, uh, you know, well, I know I'm the Son of God, but I don't want them to really see my miraculous power like that. What if I now tell this guy, let your eyes be open and his eyes have been open? You know, what will I, what would they think, right? <laughs> but um, that's not what God's called us to do. We as believers are the number one risk takers, right? Because we're not doing it in our ability. Your I would rather not is a prerequisite of you thinking that it's your strength and it's your ability that is propelling you to do what you're doing. It's not about you. It's first about the Father. It's second about what the Father needs you to do for his people. And then last is about you. When you change your perspective and realize that everything that God tells us to do, it's not about us. It's not about whether you can, whether you're qualified, whether you're willing to, it has nothing to do with you. When you change that perspective, it's easier for you to take certain risks because you're like, okay, Lord, it's all on you. If I go out there, right, and the thing doesn't work. Do you understand? It's not even both of us. So me, I take myself out of the situation. Totally. On you. You know what I mean? Hundred percent on you. Yes. But a lot of believers do this self humility because they're relying on their own strength. They think it's about them. Oh, um, God wants me to run for office, for example. Let me give you an example. If I now step out there, ah, already you are a single mom. What's the world going to say? Oh, you've not done um, 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 uh, you've not done elections before. Ah, if you now feel how embarrassing is it going to be? You know. But and again, speaking again from personal experience. It was a struggle for me when the Lord propelled me to run for office because I was thinking, look, yeah, I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> Let me be honest. If I go out there and I don't succeed, I'm good. I'm a perfectionist. God is helping me with that. And I've never, I would say that up until certain experiences in my life, I'd never experienced failure. Everything that I did turned to world, literally. Like I was this star girl, star kid, star whatever. 
Um, and then I experienced failure. And then it became difficult for me to take on God's instructions because I'm like, hey, 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 if I go out there, I'm putting myself on the line. And if I don't succeed at this thing, people are going to laugh at me, right? People are going to point fingers. People are going to say X, Y, Z, right? So it took me a while, a long time to take on the instruction to run for office. And hey, guess what? I failed. And I went back to God. I said, Shabi, I told you. Yeah, I told you that this thing, <laughs> if I feel, say I told you. But today now, yes, yeah, sister, I'm looking at the last two years or three years of my journey. And I'm like, God is intentional in all he does. Yes, that election didn't go how I planned. But where I am today, God had an ultimate agenda for me. If I didn't take that risk, that I took, if I didn't put myself out there on the line based on his instructions, I promise you that what I'm enjoying today, I wouldn't be enjoying it. And where I am today gives me even more responsibility and power to do more than the office that I was running for. So you see, at the end of the day, it's not about us. Yes, God might say do this, and it doesn't turn out the way that you expect. In fact, when I lost the election, I went back to God, and I said, "Hey, Sydney, you have seen the one chance you put me in." And He said, "Already, I didn't necessarily say that you would win the election." Wow, just I said one for an office. So now in retrospect, I'm looking at the reason why he would say run for an office. Because if I didn't, my like the, the respect I enjoy in government right now, the respect I enjoy in my sector, I would not be halfway, not even a quarter way into that if I didn't take that risk that I took. So now people look at me as, oh, this young lady fighter, we can give her any responsibility and she can take on it. Meanwhile, they didn't realize that in those periods, I was on my bed crying at night. That this was hard, Lord. This is difficult. This is embarrassing. We are going to talk about this, please. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want... I, really do, I know you have like limited time, so I really want us to talk about this because we cannot talk about shining as believers without talking about faith. Mm-hmm. Not many of people course. talk about failures. You know, of I don't course. know why... You know, when times when we want to talk about leadership or personal transformation, it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to talk about successes than it is to talk about failures. But failures are real. Failures are scars. And I've even come to realize that even in eternity, scars are golden. So um, I don't know. What do you have to say about failures? Personally, I, I actually experienced my share of one very recently. You I, 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 I applied for something that I was so certain that God led me, you know, to go in. And although, yes, it was impactful, it changed the course of with which I was pursuing, you know, the, the, the thing I actually started, it, it, it did help me to, like, I don't know, it, it, it was a major turnaround for me, but I wasn't expecting it to end the way it did. And I was really demotivated, demoralized. In fact, God has been speaking to me about the same project, and it's almost like, to even pick myself up, I, 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 I'm not even. Normally, I'm not one to even need motivation, right? But all of a sudden, it seems as, as if I'm trying to, to suck on it from anywhere and everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's when, you know, I just got to realize that it, it just seems as if not many persons talk about failures. Because I know, yes, that God is directing me, but it just feels like mm. if you directed me before, why did I fail? <laughs> mm. You know? Yeah. So, please, I don't know, just whatever is in your heart, please just share because I don't even think I'm asking a question right now. I just want you to talk about <laughs> I'm sure you've learned a thing or two, you know. So. Let's use Jesus' life as an example. You come into this world, there's this whole dramatic thing about your birth experience, your mother says an angel, blah, 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 you know, you come in, God's rescue, just this whole thing, the whole world is waiting for this Messiah guy to come rescue them, right? Israelites have been waiting for centuries to come find a, a savior. And then this guy comes and at his 30th birthday, he starts to preach the gospel. And three years later, they kill him. You know what I mean? And everyone is like, ah. I thought we, <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought we were like, we've reached the zenith of the matter. Like this is supposed to be our guy. This is our savior. But his ways are never, ever our ways. If they had told the world that Jesus was going to die and resurrect again, and that would be the victory, everybody would have raised their noses and said, mm, I'm okay. You know what I mean? Till today, a lot of people still don't believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead. So in a lot of people's perspective, this so-called guy failed. That's true was an absolute failure how do you have a ministry for only three years ah, ministry should be transgenerational you know you live a good life that's a promise with long life i will satisfy you when they kill you at age 33 as a young child you're an absolute failure you didn't marry you didn't have to failure but the truth of the matter is God had his ultimate agenda. And his ultimate agenda required Jesus to fail. Because whether you like it or not, Jesus had the authority and the power to get himself out of that situation if he wanted to. True. And in scripture, he said it when Peter slides it. If he wanted to, he could have sent the angels to kill everybody in a heartbeat. Who are Roman soldiers compared to the host of heaven? But he allowed himself, killed his pride, swallowed his his whatever, and allowed himself die. Which to us humans is absolute failure because he knew that this failure was going to lead to the ultimate victory again not for him only but for the rest of the world so sometimes i'm learning and we're not we're all human so it's absolutely okay to murph in absolute sadness when you fail because you're human and as human beings we expect that everything we do should succeed but let this is one thing i say to people and i've learned when the bible says all things works together or good 
to them who love Christ Jesus. God wasn't joking when he made that statement. No matter what happens to you, as long as you are a believer, no matter what, let me let me let me share something with you. Yesterday, my friend and I were praying, right? And we're reading Isaiah 14. And I've, I've never seen the scripture like this before. So Isaiah 40, 31 says, um, it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So as we're praying, the Holy Spirit just ministered to me, hey, check out what that word wait means, right? They shall wait on the Lord. Who wait on, but, who, but those who wait on the Lord. And when I went to check the Hebrew word, it's a word called kava. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's called kava. And it literally means a few things. It means binding together, being forged. So when God says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, it's not an idle waiting. It's a place of activity where you're constantly doing what the Lord requires you to do. But guess what? When you are doing those things, you will fail. You would lose energy. You would lose strength. But as long as you were doing it, your strength is renewed and you mount up with wings like eagle. So as you wait on the Lord, quote unquote, as you're being bounded, bind together with Christ, as you're being forged and conformed into the image of Christ, it's not a walk in the park. Christ's journey was not a walk in the park. So don't expect that if you are trying to be binded together with him or forged into his image, that it will be roses are red, violets are blue. That's his, that's, that's fairy tale. There is no way. If his journey wasn't smooth, don't expect yours to be. But guess what? As long as you wait on the Lord, as long as you allow yourself to continually be forged into the image of Christ Jesus, your strength is renewed. Because you are in Christ Jesus, right? At the end of the day, I've tested this and it is so true. And I can beat my chest any day and say, at the end of the day, yes, sister, all things work together for good, for those who love God. What does it mean to love? It's not an idle love. It's an active love. When you love a person, it means that you are, it's an action word, right? For those who are constantly giving themselves to God, all things work together for good. So no matter what happened in your path or in your journey, the end of it is victory. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah? It's victory. You can we don't lose. Is what I've learned. And believers, yeah. I mean, think about it now. Let's 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 take a step back and think about it. Christ came, Christ died, Christ resurrected, and Christ is seated with the Father in heaven. What the space that Christ occupies and the space that the Father in heaven occupies, they are eternal. 
Believers look at things from a very short lens. We need to stop doing that. Everything about our life should be looked from a lens of eternity. So as you journey as a believer in Christ Jesus, your perspective should be one of eternity. And as long as Christ beat and defeated death, it means that victory is already in eternity. So if you're journeying in eternity, you're journeying on the path of victory. No matter what happens, we don't lose. Mm. Wow. We don't lose. Even if you die tomorrow, sister, God forbid, yeah? God says, okay, baby girl, it's time to come home. You still did not lose. Because eternity is still ahead of you. And as long as you are in eternity, you are not on the other side of it. You are in like the side of Christ, of God. You don't lose. These things we're doing on this earth is temporary. All of it is temporary. What should matter to us as believers is God. Where are we spending eternity? And as long as you're spending it with Christ Jesus, that's victory. That's victory. No matter what happens, we don't lose. Even when we feel in, in, in the natural realm, at the end of the day, when you look back in retrospect, if you continue on God's path, when you look back in retrospect, you will smile and say, you know what, Lord, thank you that you took me through this part. Because at the end of the day, what happens is that I learned. I built capacity for where I am today. I've had so many failures. I can't even begin to mention them. I can't tell you how many times I applied to places to get a job when I was thinking, because God gave me this promise of government a long time ago. But when it wasn't coming, it wasn't coming, it wasn't coming. I was like, you know what? Let me just apply for jobs. Let me go and find work. Do you understand? And I started apply. I applied to maybe 200 or 300 places. Sister, I am one of the smartest people you would ever meet. And this is not, I'm talking about book smart. I graduated from both of both degrees with distinction. I understand. I understand. My, my MBA sent me a recognition. I had to post it on Instagram and, and social media. Only 20%, right, of people who graduate from the University of Warwick gets that recognition that I got. So I'm book smart. Forget about street smart. I'm book smart. Street smart is also there because I'm a worry babe. So like everything, there's not so... So you know, you I'm know so, you're a bundle of value. You know that there's I know. So right now you cannot be a problem so far. It's not possible. People look for, like, I can't explain. I don't know how to explain this, sister. Till tomorrow, right? There's, I told you now, I used to be the golden child. Like there's nothing that you put in my hand that I can't math into billions or millions. That's the grace God gave to me. But then he says, this is where I'm taking you to. And I'm like, hey, this journey is very, very foul. I can't see it. I couldn't see the how. So I started to apply. I decided to take matters into my own hands. Instead of waiting on the Lord, I took matters into my hands. I started to apply to jobs. Sister, I got rejected in all. <laughs> Not even one company. You would think that, okay, okay, okay. Maybe because of her, if, if we don't want to hire her because of her credibility and her academics and her smartness or whatever, let's hire her because of her last name. For Nothing. <laughs> I got what rejected in every 
single place that I went to. And I went back to God and I said, but he said, but I told you that you're meant to be in government. That I told you you're meant to be in government. So take the steps that you need to take in government. Mm. Okay. So I had to redirect myself. That's a very loud word. (laughs) Yeah, very loud. You redirect yourself and go back to where God said you should take. Wow. Right? And until I did that, I didn't start to see results. And even in doing that, even in the taking steps in government, I still failed. But at the end of the day, all things work is together. together. You know, there was something that God was saying to me. I, I even put it on from what you just shared, you know, talking about failure being a step in the process to growth. And yeah. so like what you explained from the failure you experienced for your for your attempts on your the governmental position, while it was a failure yeah. for you in that context, it was actually growth for the bigger picture of what was coming. So for you it seemed like failure. But it, but in the big picture, it was actually propelling you. So it's more like yes, you're failing, but it's still part of it. So, but I feel like if we're going to see from the eyes of eternity, you were actually advancing, even though to exactly. you know you were failing. Exactly. So it, it was yeah. something that God was trying to share with me recently. But it's just that sometimes when God shares some of these things, eh, the emotions. He just doesn't click. I don't know how to explain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand. <laughs> you know, yes. so sometimes it's like there is, and and I think it's really beautiful to know that God speaks. So I'm going to say, and I think this will be my um second to last question. Um, so why do you think some believers don't? Because I I I love it. You're speaking now, and you know, you say God said, I heard, I got the direction. You know, you could go back to God crying, but there are some believers that just, they don't really have that synergy with God. They love god love god with the emotions that come to the, the feeling that comes with loving your creator you know but they don't mm-hmm. have that so if, for example when they hit you know a roadblock or they, they fail they swing to depression you know rather than mm-hmm. walk the work of righteousness in them that they ought to sometimes it takes them you know steps backward and all so what can you say to this kind of person so people who are dealing with such a thing right now Oh, that's perfectly fine. It's not a... So, as believers, yeah, we can't over-spiritualize everything, right? Some people have different um, levels in their journey at the moment. Um, even in my midst of my so-called believerism, right, quote-unquote, I still had moments where I just wanted to lie down on my bed and not talk to anybody. I didn't even want to pray or read my Bible. I didn't. I couldn't be bothered. I didn't go to church for a year. Let me post your book. I could not look. I could not be bothered. I did not. I was like, you know what, God, keep your thoughts here, the Lord, to yourself. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. I'm not interested. Keep it to yourself. This is a girl that I've been having prophetic uh, encounters since I was five. I told him to keep his words to himself. I could not be bothered. I didn't care anymore, right? But the Bible says God is merciful and kind. He is compassionate, slow to anger. No matter what we do, no matter where we are, 
God is always willing and ready to wait for us in our journey. So I see that people try to shame believers who don't do certain things in certain way. I think that we need to stop doing that. Mm. We need to stop doing that. We need to give people an elastic band and allow them on their own come into the revelation by themselves. That's the only way it stays permanent with you. It's the Holy Spirit's job to lead that person into the place that he wants them to be. So when people come, I'm a, I'm a psychologist. My first degree is psychology. So, so I don't over, I don't do this whole over No, 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 no. It's okay. If Bible is not working for you right now, see therapist. If therapy is not working for you right now, open Netflix and watch movie. It's the truth. Because when you're in that state of mind, right, whatever you need to do in that period to give you comfort first, first, to ease your mind first, I tell people to do it. I'm not saying go and take seven bottles of alcohol and be drinking. That's stupid. Yeah, no, that's just stupid. Don't don't go don't cross the lines. If you want to watch Netflix and eat ice cream and you don't want to talk to God that you know make you feel good. Just do it. You know what I mean? If you know you want to just take a drive, it's not every time when you're dealing with hard situations that yes, the first place you're supposed to turn to is God in prayers. That's what you're supposed to do. But there are some believers who are still not in that place where they are intertwined, right? So, so for me, um, prayer is no longer a oh I get down on my knees. No, as I'm eating, I'm communicating. That's where I am now in my journey. But not everyone is there yet, right? So wherever you are in your Christian journey, use that place to your own advantage. If your own way of dealing with sadness and depression is that you don't want to talk to nobody, then don't talk to anyone. For that period, if your own way of dealing with depression is that you just want to write, sure. But as long as you know that God still loves you, you don't forget that simple truth and he's there with you even when you're watching the netflix and not praying to him you know that he's compassionate he's kind and he's there like his arms are there baby girl whenever you're ready i'm here you know that fact then you're okay i think it's that one truth that kept me in those moments where I felt like, Lord, I don't want to talk to you right now. That truth where I knew, I knew deep down in my spirit that God still loved me. I knew. I think that was where my own name, Raising Shoulder, even came from as well. Because I'm like, eh, he's my father. Mm -hmm. I beg Joe. (laughs) You know? I still knew deep down that I'm loved by God. I still knew deep down that he was with me. I still knew. So as long as you don't forget that he loves you and he's there waiting for you, please don't force. Because we tend to force people into these things as believers. Oh, as long you must, if I go into a seven-day fast, right? And they, no. Sometimes I just want to watch a series and not think about my problems, right? For that moment. 
I just want to sit down and not just be there in that period. What makes me comfortable for that moment? I'll do it, right? But as long as I realize that, even when you are watching, God is there. People don't realize this thing. We are never alone. Never ever alone. It's not a God is only present with you when you are praying and reading your Bible. No. When you are taking a shower, God is there. You know what I mean? When you're taking a poop in the toilet, he's there. Literally, he's always there. So don't forget that simple truth that his presence never leaves you. So if you want to muff in that and still just kick back and watch your Netflix, what if I invite him and say, you know what, Lord, I want to watch Netflix right now. You want to join me? You know, and he has a sense of humor. You might be watching the Netflix, and somebody will make a statement in the movie that would and that would pertain to what you're dealing with, and you're like, "Oh, I have come a on!" From that. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. A lot. No, God is God is sweet. God is God is a yeah. father. Actually, I think that's yeah, something that's yeah, super sounded. Yeah. You know, as you just keep speaking, he's a father. He's a father. If yeah. this is something that God has even tried to teach me, there are certain times in my life where I just like, you know, it's like I've been a good girl, been a good girl, and it feels as if maybe the human part of me is, you know, beginning to overwhelm me and all of that. And it's like I'm trying yeah. to still want to hinge on superwoman, and God is like, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what I've called you to. You don't know who I am to you. <laughs> Like, yeah. There's been a lot of times where God has just had to tell me that see, don't do any role play. If you are not feeling happy, yeah. tell me you're not feeling happy. Don't. Yeah, absolutely. And He wants that honesty yeah. with us. He wants that honesty with us. It's like conversation. It was a yeah, me. When I found it out, it was it was a huge deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think people think I'm weird, but. It's it's how God's and I pray that every believer gets to experience God on that Amen. level, right? I, as, as as you listen to this podcast, I just pray for you right now that you experience God as Father, that God will reveal Himself to you as Father, and that your mind will be softened enough to accept Him as as Father, and you will you would experience His fatherhood nature, that is loving, kind, compassionate, sweet, and patient. Um, so I think that that's every believer needs to experience God as Father. It's the most beautiful thing you would ever experience. I wrote a book about it. It's called Abba yes. in 2019. Yes. I'd never seen God in that light as Father before. I'd always, I mean, you grew up in a very strong Christian background. You know, you guys are fasting. I started fasting since I was God knows how long. And you just see God as this guy who is like um, far away far away from you and you treat him like that but the truth of the matter is when Jesus came Jesus never called God lion of the tribe of Judah one day (laughs) he never called God Jehovah Nisi, Shabu never ever yes those are God's revelations to certain people across their journeys. Elroy was um, Hagar by the well. Different people called God what they experienced him. But when the begotten son comes 
and calls him father, then you must realize that his nature to us or what he wants to be to us first and foremost in fact only actually is father and that's why because if father, when jesus taught us to pray he didn't say yeah Jehovah our father yeah. because guess what a father will automatically protect his child a father will automatically if my father is a doctor he would be the one to prescribe medicine for me when i'm sick if my father is a teacher he will be the one to teach me further math if i don't understand it if my father is a a driver he will be the one to make sure that he carries me everywhere i need to go so god who is all-encompassing in skills in his person things that he does if he's our father you know that automatically every of those other things come under that when you are sick he would heal you when you don't have money he will provide because he has money you know what i mean when you need to be when you need to fight the when demons are attacking he would save you you know what i mean because he's he's a, he's the ultimate warrior so knowing god as father first is super important because every other thing lion of the tribe of judah um, warrior god host of heaven goes under that umbrella because he becomes those things in your situation and the only reason why he would do that for you is that he's your dad and his responsibility as a dad is to protect his own. And I think that's the best way to actually know God because that is yeah. all encompassing. Because some person just knows and that's the yeah. So they only come to God when it's time to maybe to meet a need. Some person don't talk to God until it's time. Maybe they want to settle down. So then they are not coming now. That God, please, because it's you that is to give good husband, or you that is to give good wife. So they just that is the one that answers answers my prayers. And so they turn him into a business person. But when you are yeah. God as your father, wow, that's that's profound. Thank you so much, Ma. I I feel I don't know. I, I feel satisfied, really satisfied. Like I don't. I feel it feels to me like I've had a beautiful meal. Um, do you have any questions for me? Question? No, I don't. I it's, don't. It's really. Um, I didn't even envisage this meeting. I of course I knew it was going to be a powerful meeting, but if you even see the questions I drafted, I do. I do. I do. But I'm just really grateful to God. I believe strongly, strongly that anyone listening to this podcast would experience transformation, which is what we pray, which is why this is one of the reasons why this podcast is, and that there will be there, there will be transformation. And yes, Amen. especially experiencing the fatherhood of God. I don't think yeah. you really shine as light as a believer if you do not experience mm-hmm. the fatherhood of God. Because it's, it's, yes. because it's actually in experiencing the fatherhood of God that you will be able to wholly be yourself. And yeah. I think it's even a lot easier to shine when you're yourself, when you don't feel as if it's a chore. Or you don't feel yeah. as if you know, I'm trying to learn. May God help us in Jesus. <laughs> in Jesus' name, He will. I'm sure He will. Thank you so much. Sure You're very welcome, sister. For honoring this invitation. You're welcome. Yes, I, I don't know. I believe that we'll still have uh, many more reasons to. But and I still look forward to meeting you physically. I, that, mm, sure. In Jesus' name. <laughs>
Amen. Any closing something you want to say as we end this? Um, no, not really. I just pray that everyone who listens gets blessed by the words that have come this morning. So strongly that everyone mm-hmm. And if you're listening because it just dropped in my heart and maybe you are at that point whereby you don't even know if you know I don't believe in this Jesus thing. Why do people keep talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus? This is just plain really mm-hmm. I don't know. That's yeah. the spirit. Jesus Christ is not religion. God is not religion. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. God and that is something to be that is a big breathing being. He's a living breathing being. This is this is this is a person who lives and he's living with you just right where you are. And I'm just gonna say to such a person, if you doubt it, say something to God, something practical, something you want to see, and you're going to experience it. You're going to experience the realness of God in your life. And when you do that, spend your testimony, you can always reach out to us. It's at um, info at mwtkcommunity.org or you could just reach out to me on my personal mail and that's queensisan at mail.com. Thank you so much, ma'am. Um, you're very welcome, Sisan. Remember, transformation is in action. See you next time. Have you ever listened to the Moment of the Queen podcast? Would you love to be part of a community committed to growth and development through faith, capacity building and mind transformation? Are you ready to give your all to move from whatever state you are now into a better phase of life? Then be a part of something awesome. The Moments with the Queen community is a community geared towards your lifting, so in the end, you can lift others. We are all a work in progress. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Moments with the Queen Community. Remember, transformation is in action.